0: figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Intentional Parents podcast. We are so appreciative of all of you who listen and not just listen, but Comment and rate our podcast because not only is that helpful for us personally, just to know that what we're doing has meaning, but it actually helps us get um, our content and get this podcast out to more parents, which that's our hope is to be able to help as many parents as we can. So if you like this podcast, if you've enjoyed it, if you could just go to iTunes and give it a rating, leave a comment, that is super, super helpful. But today, mom and I are sitting out in her little cottage. We call it her cottage. It's really like a shed that you made Mm -hmm. into. It's like the ultimate she shed. (laughs) Yeah. It really, really is. It's beautiful. (laughs) But we're sitting out here, just her and I, and we actually have been kind of like rummaging through her office. She has like years and years of content in her office, these journals packed full of her writing. She writes in her free time and in early hours of the morning and years of Bible studies she's been doing for how many years? 40 well, years? I
2: don't know. At least,
1: yeah. About yeah. that. About that. So I came to just like dig through them uh-huh. to get out, to dig out content for all of you, basically. And we found more than we even know what to do with. But as we were kind of digging, we came across this Bible study that she had done on the 23rd Psalm and something in it just really stuck out to me. And we started talking and kind of like put pause on our conversation because we realized I'm not the only parent who needs to hear this conversation. And so we're just bringing you along with us today in a very like candid conversation that we put pause on last night because we wanted to record it today while we talked. But basically to kind of set us up, I was sharing with her and what I'm hearing from a lot of other parents, but what I'm also experiencing myself, both Brooke and I are, of after, you know, we're all kind of tired of hearing about this last year, but after over a year of life mm-hmm. looking very different and parents having to play so many different roles that they were never meant to have to to bear all of it, to be everything to their kids, their teacher, their playmate, their, you know, teacher in every aspect of life and, and work from home. And somehow we're supposed to be able to do that. And it's left so many of us parents feeling like a failure. Mm-hmm. Feeling like it's uncovered the worst of us. Feeling, I keep hearing and I keep experiencing just feeling the most short tempered we've ever been, the most reactionary. That we love our kids, but we just need a minute and we don't get a minute. No. And And there's no minute in sight. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, some things have started to go back to whatever this new normal is. And there are some things changing, but, you know, we don't recover from a year like that. Overnight. And I think it's left a lot of us assuming everybody else is doing it better Mm -hmm. and that we're, we Mm -hmm. must be the only ones. Mm -hmm. And just feeling like, gosh, how do I like get up from this? Mm -hmm. And so we came across this study on the 23rd Psalm about what it actually means for God to restore us. And I just feel like it just felt like this is a timely moment for all of us parents to hear this. So, Mom, would you just, Take it away from there. Tell us how to not feel like total failures.
2: (laughs) Well, I think number one, the very first off, you have to realize we are total failures. And I know that's just counterintuitive. That's not what anybody wants to hear. But the sooner we get to the point where we say, I can't do this. I'm not really capable of being a good mom, a good dad all the time. Um, I have my moments. (laughs) But all in all I'm just as broken as anybody else you know I just did this study for school and then for a teaching I did last week on flourishing and and it's on the beatitudes and it's so interesting that the beatitudes starts with the person who you really want to see restored flir- to a flourishing place starts with not do all these fun things to make yourself feel better and it starts with recognizing that we are poor in spirit so mm. very first the I think when I hear a parent say I'm I'm floundering, I'm not doing well, I think oh yes. They're already there. They're they're more than halfway there yeah. because Jesus sees that poverty of your spirit as you're crying out to him and he says yes. The kingdom of God is who am is what I'm going to give you as a result, which is my presence with
1: you in a felt mm. practical way. Mm. Now, can you unpack for us like I think we've all heard that porn spirit like but what does that actually mean okay it's so simple it means saying i'm a mess
2: and i know it Hmm. and my very best efforts are not getting me where i need to get um all my 12-step books and three-point sermons and good intentions are not overcoming this one Hmm. this one is too big for me, and it's also illustrated beautifully in the twenty third psalm, in that, um, in you know, it's such a beautiful psalm. But we can almost get lost in the poetry and forget this is just David taking his profession and saying, "Oh, God's like that. God's like mm. the shepherd." Starts off, "The Lord is your shepherd; you shall not want." That means you you shouldn't. As he as the shepherd, he takes care of all the needs of his sheep. So he's taking care of mm. your needs right now. Um, he makes you lie down in green pastures, which is part of what needs to begin to happen in your life. Um, he leads you beside quiet waters, which at least in my life is early in the morning with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And number th- verse three is what we want to talk about, though. He restores your soul. The best translations use this word restores. However, the NIV is trying to take that word and put a kind of an update on it, and uses the word refresh. It does contain that meaning. And the New Living, which I almost always love, uses the word renews. And, and what he's referring to is as a shepherd, he would wander the hills in Israel, and there are these little, really narrow sheep paths that would wear down in the trail. And sometimes when the sheep were especially fat, which was the whole goal, you were not mm-hmm. Fat like fat, fat, but you know, huge coat. Yeah, and they they take on a really cumbersome state because they're they've got these skinny little legs and f- very small feet. And so, either from their own mistake because sheep are actually quite stupid, yeah, or because another sheep came alongside and was aggressively pushing him out of the way, or just life circumstances. The path got hard, which is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. The path, we went through a really and still are in a really hard stretch of of the journey of the trail yeah and so the sheep would inevitably fall over and then and then try so hard to write itself up but then even, end up rolling on its back and being unable to get itself back up again because of their funny shape they're just yeah. not capable it's in that state when the sheep is on his back, waving his little feet, that is a poor in spirit state. He can't get over. He needs help. That's I love, all poor in spirit. Really I love means. that
1: imagery because I think so many of us, when we feel poor in spirit, when yeah. we feel like we can't get up, yeah, so often our first response is, try harder. yes well, I just need to structure my time better. I need to, I gosh, I need to just spend more time with the Lord. I'm not doing a good job with that. Yes. Like all well-meaning things. Yeah. Like yes, read the productivity books. Do all yeah. those things. But I know for at least myself, and I don't think I'm the only one, my first go-to when I recognize I'm poor in spirit is not, I need to bring this to Jesus and I am a total failure and that's, that's okay. He's going to meet me right there. He already knows I am. Uh-huh. It's I need to work harder, clean myself up. Uh-huh. And when that doesn't work, oh, then I need to make sure I bring God into it. You know, it's not yes. conscious. I'm not consciously doing that.
2: And worse, we're mean to ourselves in the process. Yeah. You, you start scolding yourself. If only I should have. Yeah. Again, I did that again. I mm-hmm. mean, we're brutally judgmental. Yeah. Yeah towards ourselves thinking that somehow that will make us better people and it just doesn't it yeah. just makes us turn around and be judgmental towards others. Mm-hmm. But here is this sheep feet little feet waving and the harder it tries, honestly this is this is the understanding of the biology of a sheep. The harder it tries the more it messes itself up because yeah. it's never going to upright itself and it can actually die trying because its intestines and all get all mixed up in that struggle and cannot, and that sheep can be irretrievably harmed to the point of death. And I think we are a lot the same. We try, 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 it helps a little, so we tell somebody else they ought to try what we tried. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't help in the long run. Mm -hmm. So we come to him upside down, poor in spirit. And this is the word that I absolutely love. This word restore that nobody quite knows how to define perfectly in English because it's just a, a, the Hebrew is a language that is so has so much depth and so many nuances. So the NIV refresh, the new living renews, neither of those go all the way in explaining it, and even restore doesn't. I thought restore is like what we did to our house. We fixed up our house. It was a mess. It had been neglected for years, 1969 ranch, and we did all sorts of restoration to Mm -hmm. it. I thought that's what it is. I come and Jesus puts me on a fix-up program, but it does not mean like fixing you up again. It actually means um, something so much... So much better and so much deeper. The shepherd comes along and he he picks up that sheep and he puts him upright again, completely puts mm. him upright again, sets him on the path. Now, what I found really interesting, if the sheep has really hurt itself in the process, been hurt or also hurt itself by just struggling and struggling and whining and bleeding yeah. like we just do... Sometimes the shepherd will refuse to let it go. The sheep just has to stand there a minute. lest he let the sheep go, and the sheep on the very first step stumbles all over again, and Mm -hmm. the whole thing is repeated. What that tells me is that restoration is time-consuming. It takes time. It requires Mm -hmm. some halting in some areas. Life, as usual, is not going to work when a parent or a person is is in that floundering state, yeah. and that's okay. Don't struggle against the shepherd during that period. And I know this sounds very all very conceptual, so Elizabeth, I know you'll make us be more practical. Yeah. But I think there's not a one of us right now that honestly can say I'm completely in a great spot. Yeah. I'm just, I'm ready to lead the whole group of sheep And even if we were, there's a whole group of sheep that are floundering and hurting and falling over and stumbling. And first of all, we recognize that we're poor in spirit, not in a defeated way, but in a beautiful way of we have this shepherd Mm -hmm. who says, oh, that's exactly why I came. Not to enhance your self-help program, but to be to be everything that you need me to be. Yeah. So we spend lots of time with him. We don't have time, but we spend it anyway. We change things up. Like for instance, for me, that means learning to get up earlier and earlier, which is not a huge problem. I'm a morning person, but I, I heard of a a lead. Well, I'm going to be honest. It was my son, John Mark said he was struggling this through this year, like all the rest of us have, and every pastor has. And he's ha- always had a r- habit of getting up earlier, but he's not a morning person. Mm-hmm. So he he committed himself to getting up an hour even earlier, hmm. which means that at nighttime, you don't have those free hours. Yeah, You know, you're not watching the TV program. You're not catching up on Netflix. You're not doing anything but going to bed earlier because you say I'm such I am in such a place of poverty of spirit mm-hmm. I'm going to do what it takes and all it really takes is me bringing myself to the father where he can pour into me to restore my soul
1: yeah and I I think that's I think even it being conceptual is good because I think like what I said so often we jump to well, what do I need to do what do yes. I need to change yes. what do I need to try harder with and I think if we can just stop and yeah. first say, I'm a mess yes, and I'm not doing well yeah. after this year or yeah. my kids are not doing well or my yeah. marriage isn't doing well and how often we're trying to not sit in that yes. pain yeah. because then we want to fix it and we yeah. know that it, we can't change it overnight. That's so often we're not even just pausing to say, no. yeah, this is where I actually am. We're so focused on where we wish we were, where we think everybody else is. And we want to jump to the first
2: step. Yeah. And I want you to know, I'm not saying getting up and spending time with Jesus is the first step. Yeah. I'm saying it's not a step at all. It's a recognition of I must have him and... If he's my shepherd, he's going to tell me what I need to do. Yeah. Because sometimes what you need to do is go apologize to a bunch of people and and confess your sin to one another and be free of the burden of shame. Yeah. Put it behind you and say, okay, I am now, I've, I've died to that. I'm now resurrected. And sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's you need to stop trying to be everybody's savior. And putting the whole pressure on yourself that if I'm not, if I don't do all the things, if I don't do everything I wish I could do, if I'm not the ideal mom or dad, mm-hmm. then my kids are not going to grow up and love Jesus. Yeah. And that is that is just wrong. It's not true. All we can do is help our children get to a place where they want Jesus yeah. and not It's rarely because we did everything right. It's because we, along with them, stumbled and recognized it. And Jesus gave us wisdom and we applied that. And they're the beneficiaries of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can't control COVID. We can't control the job market. We can't control the housing market. All the things that are making life difficult for people Um, And nor can we control the changes that are happening in our schools, the identity issues that kids are bringing in with them. I mean, we're just raising our children in a really, a real tricky time. Mm -hmm. So coming to Jesus is about saying, okay, Lord, what, what is the need of my soul? You look inside of me. Mm -hmm. I think I need to try harder and get better organized or work harder or later or longer. Mm -hmm. What do you think? You know, I've had so many of those kind of sessions alone with God where he has just poured his love into me. I like you as you are. Mm. I don't really need you to be organized like so-and-so. She, I made yeah. her for a purpose. I made you for a different purpose. Mm. Um, what I really want is for you to go on a worship walk with me today. You can bring your kids. And you spend that entire time just relishing the beauty that I made you to to connect to.
1: Hmm.
2: And for me, as being maybe a more intuitive, a little bit more random, I have to fight the resistance to be a little bit more organized, Um, Hmm. thinking that that's the answer to everything. Um, I have to allow myself to be me. And it's in my times with Jesus that I'm reminded that he absolutely loves the way he made me. me. Hmm. Now, I look at little Scarlet as she's growing up, and she'll be a mom someday, and she'll get to this point someday where she will just feel like that sheep floundering. Mm-hmm. And she's wired differently than I am, very differently. She's a doer, a maker, um, mm-hmm. a creative, but with a real I'm gonna I'm gonna f- see this through, a very logical creative, in a sense. Yeah. She may hear from Jesus something entirely different. Why don't you make that thing that you've wanted to, but you haven't allowed yourself the time to? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's okay. Maybe what you need to be is who you fully are. Yeah.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. I mean, I hear you. I mean, to me, the, the word that has been huge for me this year, and I, I think I hear you saying is really acceptance. Yeah. Accepting the fact mm-hmm. that you can't fix it and do yeah. it all, that mm-hmm. it's not about you, it's about him, mm-hmm. accepting where you actually are, not mm-hmm. where you wish you are, and and really, like, sitting with him and accepting what it is he asked you to mm-hmm. actually do. Mm-hmm. Because I think there are, you know, for some people, you know, I think w- we all process things differently. Some mm-hmm. people process by just doing, doing, doing. Mm-hmm. Some people, when they're not doing well, they do nothing, Yeah, and they need to do a little mm-hmm. bit of something, yes. and but only... I mean that only comes from Jesus meeting you in that place mm-hmm. and and illuminating mm-hmm. what it is you're supposed to do. Yeah. And sometimes that's him clearly speaking, sometimes that's a scripture, sometimes that's somebody in your life who you open up to and says, I think you should try this thing. And when they say mm-hmm. it, you know instantly You know it's the right that thing. was from the Lord. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think just like that coming to him empty, broken. Open-handed, like, I just, I can't get that picture out of my mind of the sheep on his back. Like, mm-hmm. there is no other option for that sheep. Yep. Like, he can't get up on his own. Mm-hmm. The only option is for the shepherd to flip him over or he dies. Mm-hmm. And yet, how often are we there, like, laying on our back, thinking we have all these options to dig our yes. way out? Yes. But we're really just going to make it worse. to no, get worse. <laughs> um, but... And it's not that doing things isn't helpful or making changes to your life, or I just recently had to make huge changes to like our our weekly flow. Because I was like, Mm -hmm. this is not working for me. Mm -hmm. And if it's not working for me, then it's not going to work for my kids. So even if my kids push back and they don't like it, like I need us to have more structure.
2: Okay. So this is really important what you're saying. We tend to think we're going to do what's best for our kids. And we sacrifice our own well-being on the altar of our children. That is a real mistake. Mm. It sounds so kind of saintly, right? And what ends up happening, the people who keep going with that end up being those people you know who are really resentful. Mm -hmm. Because your kids are never going to appreciate it to the degree they're never even going to remember or or really, really understand what it is that you gave them yeah. ever, ever. And so we can easily grow up to be these kind of resentful people who are giving out of scarcity yeah. instead of giving out of abundance. This idea of he restores your soul, that is Jesus' way of saying, I'm, I'm going to give to you, come to me, I'll give to you, I'll show you what you need to do to thrive, because I know you, I know how I made you, mm-hmm. and then you are going to have something to pour onto your children out of the overflow. Yeah. And when we're scraping the bottom of the barrel day after day after day, it affects, we may do all the right things for our kids. We get those healthy meals, we get them exercising, we do all this stuff, yeah. but we're actually feeding them out of, you know, a, a poor poor nutrition. Mm. And it's important that we nourish ourselves, but you have to know yourself. Yeah. I mean, like sometimes you don't, if we don't know ourselves, and who knows this better than the one who created us? Mm-hmm. If we don't know ourselves, we don't know even some of the seemingly unspiritual, just practical ways that, that we get restored. Um, yeah. I was reading this story because of, this Psalm 23 is kind of rooted in um, in uh, Second Chronicles and the story when Nathan confronts David over his adulterous sin with Bathsheba, and it's a long involved story. And one little phrase this morning just really stood out to me. There's all this stuff David does. He confesses. He repents. He he um, mourns. You know. He laments what he did. Um, he's forgiven and he rises up and he bathes himself, washes his face, cleans and puts on clean clothes and he ate. Hmm. And I just read that, and I think, okay, so often we view food as almost the enemy. You know, if we're really yeah. disciplined, we won't be eating <laughs> <laughs> anything good, anything that carrot, sticks, and celery, right? Yeah. But it just struck me here. God is basically restoring David's soul through a variety of means, and one of them is that he got up and eat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes what we need to do, I mean, you can take that metaphorically, but sometimes you can take it practically.
1: Well, no, I think practical I mean showered put on clean clothes like how many of us parents just need to are thinking of moms yes take a shower put real clothes on yes little makeup makeup on looks sick and eat a good meal or go buy a good meal or you know and sometimes it's just those little tiny things that are the first step in being able to think a little more clearly yes yeah
2: and get out of the pit of self-pity honestly at least Maybe yeah. I'm alone in this, nope, but I fall alone. into real fast when I'm oh, yeah. over-sacrificing myself to some sort of an ideal. Mm-hmm. So I would just like to say to moms right now, if you are showing up day after day after day, and you are doing all the all that you can, you're not going to do it perfectly, to bring yourself to Jesus so that he can be the restorer of your soul, and you're getting up another day to do it again, that is amazing. After a year like this, you have not left. You have not withdrawn. You have not turned into this completely selfish person who's only thinking of herself or himself. Mm -hmm. For you men who are the bread earners, you're getting up and you're doing the job you don't like again. Not because it's satisfying, not because you feel like you're making a difference in the world, but simply because you need to pay the bills for your family. I just want to applaud you right now. That's heroic.
1: Yeah. That's just heroic. Or for the moms who have had to work full time from home. Yes. And somehow had to figure out how to do that with your spouse. Both of you work and have young kids at home and (laughs) get them educated. Yes. I mean, that is... That's doubly heroic. heroic. It yeah. is. And you're still
2: paying off your student loans. That's heroic. Yeah. I mean, ever we just have to reset our standard. And I'm not saying lower our standard. I think this is a higher standard. You as a parent will sometime at some point really hand off the soul of your child to Jesus. I mean, it's always his, but he's actually he's actually delegated for at least a few short years your child's soul to you. And you're saying, what's more important than anything else is caring for the soul of my child. And I can't do that out of a place of out of the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. I have to care for my own soul. So I'm doing it not because I'm selfish, but because I need to be giving out of a place of abundance. Someday your child is going to be count accountable for his or her own soul. And then they bring their soul to Jesus. But for a few years, it's really mom and dad and that you're showing up. No, your windows might not get washed this year at all. <laughs> you're you're just gonna Are have to throw away a bunch of mine? socks because <laughs> you're not gonna match the socks you gotta start all over. I mean just think of all the stuff that we do. There are times in our lives like this, where we have to just say, okay, I'll get to that in a year or two or so. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, that's where I'm in in my life. My life is not complicated by children anymore. Okay. Uh, My cupboards are mostly neat and tidy and stay that way. I'm the only one who messes up (laughs) my cupboards and I do that pretty regularly. You know, all the things that I thought were so important, you know, we used to make Christmas cookies at Christmas and, and I'd make a dozen I don't even really like doing it I yeah. don't like baking <laughs> because it requires That you have your total head in the game at the time You know I'm My mind is always wandering all over the place So I'd make a dozen different kinds of Christmas cookies Ugh. <laughs> was that really doing something good for my children or was that me trying to live to up to the standards of others and putting actually putting myself in a place where my soul was leaching out of me and I didn't yeah. have the left? I should have just bought a dozen yeah. cookies, you know. <laughs> yeah. They would have tasted better. We would have it thought it was great. We
1: loved store-lot <laughs> Exactly.
2: And it brings me to Philippians 2 because we read it backwards sometimes. In verse 2, you all know this. Um uh, in chapter two, verse three, he's talking about, by the way, in verse one and two, about just unity, unity in the church. But, you know, home our home mm-hmm. is a microcosm of church. And we are each the church as mm-hmm. well. So in verse two, don't be selfish. OK, now we all feel really <laughs> guilty. <laughs> don't live to make a good impression on others. Hmm. He. Wow. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves, okay? So that sounds terrible. Don't think in verse 4. Only This is explaining the phrase before. Don't think only about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they are doing. Basically mm-hmm. then it goes on to explain how Jesus did that for us. He is not saying don't think about yourself. Yeah. Don't take care of yourself. He's saying don't what ends up happening is we become, when we're totally depleted, we become really selfish because yeah. we're just drowning. Mm-hmm. And so he said, don't just think about yourself. Think about others too, and be interested in what they're doing. But but that comes out of overflow, mm-hmm. not out of scarcity.
1: Yeah. Which I think, you know, the concept of margin. Yeah. I think for a lot of years of just, you know, feeling like I'm drowning as a mom, when I hear that, I feel pressure, and mm-hmm. I feel like, well, I've already like taken everything off the list that I can, you know, that I that I feel like is even possible for me to let go of. But I was talking to an older woman the other day, and she was pointing out, Elizabeth, you have zero margin in mm-hmm. your life, and she explained. It to she was kind of helping us through. We're just in a really intense season with one of our kids medically. And and she was saying, right now, you need to, and she kind of held out her hands and one hand higher mm-hmm. and she said, and one hand lower. And she said, you need to, anything in her kind of lower hand, she said, anything that can be let go of. Mm-hmm. And then she pointed at her higher hand and said, I'm just trying to give you the visual picture here, Um, said, anything you can let go of that doesn't make the whole family go backwards mm-hmm. needs to be let go. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that would make the family go backwards or your child who's struggling right now if it would make them go backwards then you can't let it go. You have mm-hmm. you have to do that. But anything that wouldn't actually make your family just plummet you got to let go for right mm-hmm. and she said not forever. You're no. not and she yes. she said don't use the word let go. You're yeah. putting a pause on. Yes. This is good. And I feel like that imagery for me yeah. was like and just um, weighing everything under, if I let go of this, if I put a pause on this, mm-hmm. will the whole family fall apart? Mm-hmm. Or, or, and I think I am add to it, will I fall apart? Mm-hmm. And that was really freeing to me to recognize, oh, okay, there actually are some things that I had put in that I can't let go of. Mm-hmm. I can't say no to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like, for instance, Birdie's in a special education preschool. There's like four weeks left. It's two days a week, right in the middle of Sloan's nap time. It's only two hours. There's not really time to go and come home. Like, it's super inconvenient, and we're in this, mm-hmm. like, high-stress time. And Brooke has been saying, like, does she have to finish out the mm-hmm. year? And I immediately get angry. You know. And Yes, she does. She has yes. to. We committed. You it's know? responsible. <laughs> yeah. But it just caused me to, like, take a minute and be – and she said, you have to just put everything on the table and yeah. then run it through that – lens. Yes. And that was so helpful to me to recognize, okay, will Birdie developmentally go backwards if she misses the last four weeks of this two hours twice a week? No, she's doing great. Yeah. She she will be totally fine missing yeah. the last four weeks. And then I don't have to spend four weeks driving back and forth and trying to figure mm-hmm. out how Sloan's going to take a nap and, you mm-hmm. know, making sure we're done with homeschool by the time I have to leave, Like, yep. which you is take- such a silly small thing, but it has been a a stressor that doesn't yes.
2: have to be there. And those silly small things really add up, yeah. whether it's the making the Christmas cookies and saying, no, we're going to buy them mm-hmm. or because what you have to have for margin, the point of margin is that you have time to fill up. Yeah. Uh, maybe an evening out walking like we did last night. We went mm-hmm. to, there's a, a couple miles from here. There's one of those really beautiful outdoor malls and we we stepped into Maidwell, looked at some mm-hmm. things there and then we met pops out he had the kids and we all sat around and had hamburgers and french fries
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know if you don't have any margin you don't get those refresh mm-hmm. moments no. and um you have to make room in your life because you have to you do not want to be that sheep on your back yeah floundering and flailing forever so you need margin in your life to just have some fun, mm-hmm. to do what you love. Um, I'm an introvert, usually that means time alone, but sometimes, like last night, I I needed my family around me and the joy that they bring. So whatever, I don't know what you know, Elizabeth. You actually did something recently that I think you should just talk about. I, that Brooke gave you for Mother's Day.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is probably actually good to talk about because. I had to process some things while I was doing it. So I am like my mom, total introvert, and live in a house full of mostly extroverts. And just, I mean, we have six people in our family yeah. and a, now a dog. So it's just introverted time is slim to none. Um, And so a cup. it's been probably like twice a year. He will book me a hotel room yeah. for me to just have a night by myself. It's yeah. been... The last two years it's been for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And then I do it at the end of the summer to like plan our homeschool year because I'm mm-hmm. planning is fun to me. Yeah, I'm one of those types. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I was sitting there feeling guilty, honestly, mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, am I sending my kids the message that what I want for Mother's Day is to not be with them? <laughs> and, you know, my mind just starts spinning of like I need to I need to make sure they know that I want to be with them. Yeah. and. But I stopped myself and took a minute to just accept where I am this year Yeah. and to recognize this is not where I, I don't want to be in the place where I'm in that desperate need of mm-hmm. a night away. Mm-hmm. But that actually is where I am. Mm-hmm. Acceptance. Yeah. And I can still reassure my kids that I want to be with them. They Mm -hmm. know I want to be with them. Mm -hmm. Even last night when we were walking, we had taken two cars and we were trying to, Scarlett was trying to decide if she was going to go with me or with Pops. Pops is way more fun. (laughs) And she, She was going to go with me and then she changed her mind and and dad said, oh, you're going to leave your mom all by herself. And Scarlett goes, mom's an introvert. She loves to have time alone. She'll be fine. Mm
2: -hmm. But she
1: said it all joyfully and not judgmentally, not, well, mom loves to be away from us. Just like a, my mom knows. I know what my mom is like. Of communicating. Well, I think it was good for me to see, to recognize like you know, I'm processing through what I think a a mom should want to do right on Mother's Day. She should want to be with her kids all day and and we this was a couple of days before Mother's Day. So we did have time together. But I I just had to accept where I actually am this yeah. year. And and I think that was really helpful and good for me. And then I was able to enjoy my time mm-hmm. and thank my kids and my husband when I got yeah. back. And um but I think, you know, whether you're introverted or not, I think so many moms need that and don't mm-hmm. ask for it. Don't take the time. Mm-hmm. Wish maybe their husband would see that mm-hmm. they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so simple. It's so small. Like just whatever it is for you. And you might not be able to get away mm-hmm. in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's just real. But you might be able to get away for a day. Mm-hmm. And or you might be able to go visit a friend who doesn't mm-hmm. live where you live or things like that. And I think it's just so important that we're aware and have some sort of rhythm of things that are life giving in our lives, uh-huh. not just the big things like a night away. Right. Um, those are great, but they're not going to fix the fact that you have no margin. Uh-huh. Like I had that great night away and I still came back to uh-huh. a rhythm that is not sustainable. Right. And so I still have to make changes. Uh-huh. It didn't it it totally filled me up and it was great but it didn't fix the problem. No. And so I think we need both. We need yeah. the times of deep refreshment, but we also need to be able to take a look at our lives and say this is where I actually am. This is not where I want to stay. Yeah. And I need the shepherd to come and flip me over and then show me what path to walk on, right? Like th- it's not just that he flips us over and, you know, Puts us right side up again and no. then just leaves us. Uh-uh. He still continues to to lead us and to lead us out of the place that we fell. Mm-hmm. And yes. so I think that's multifaceted. I think mm-hmm. it's it's sitting and not doing mm-hmm. and accepting and letting him do the work to turn us up right. Mm-hmm. And then it's letting him lead us out and showing us and showing up to that because yeah. he, he yes, he's the one who leads us, but he also uses us, speaks mm-hmm. to us and tells us what to do. Mm-hmm. Um and i think yeah i just think we have to have that full picture in and mind and this is really what many
2: of the spiritual most if not all of the spiritual practices or yeah. some people call spiritual disciplines are about they're they're number one they are bringing our own souls close to god so that he can do the work in us and opening them up to god so that he can actually do the work in us and and number two they are his way of restoring our soul mm-hmm. honestly whether it's silence and solitude or um, time of the word in the morning and study of the word or showing up on Sunday, whether you're not just watching it on video, if you have any choice, but actually being there in the Mm -hmm. presence of God's people in the middle of the church. Or, you know, maybe it's those worship walks that I love so much where I go, I don't listen to a podcast. I just go with my eyes wide open to the beauty of of God in his creation and i live in this beautiful forested area so just steps from my house is complete forest and there's coyotes and rabbits and squirrels and all sorts of birds and on the lake there's a bald eagle and i just i my soul is restored by disciplining myself to make time to get out and go on that walk and only worship jesus don't be productive i'm not going to exercise i'm not going to worship jesus i'm going to wor- to just see him, hmm. and, and my soul is restored. Um, and then some of you need to be reminded that you will never fully satisfy your children. You'll, yeah. you'll never say yes enough. You'll never be attentive enough. You'll never be creative enough. You'll never be fun enough. You won't even be comforting at all the right times because life happens, and yeah. And that you are not meant to be their savior. You are meant to point them to the savior. And even when you are not meeting their needs and they're letting you know you're inadequacies, either when they're young by whining at you constantly or they get older and they're in your face or, or they're older still and they're taking an honest look about you as a mom or a dad and saying, oh, you came up short in some areas that you were largely ignorant in or because you didn't bother your job is not to be everything to them it is to lead them to the one who will satisfy every longing of their heart and if you wear yourself out trying on the altar of your child's well-being you could well you you could well damage the way that the savior
1: wants to work through you man i think that's so good and i think freeing for a lot of parents. And I think every parent needs to hear that over and over (laughs) and over again. Mom, to wrap us up, will you just read the whole 23rd Psalm over us? I will. It's short.
2: The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He restores my soul. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord
0: forever. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed to you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families.